This is CliffCentral.com. Salam to all of you who are tuned into Fashion Lab and Cliff Central. My name is Lisa Gumba Regisford with Fashion Lab in studio today. And uh, obviously I'm holding it down with my co-host with his more with his more hair down, <laughs> Morwick Peterson. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> and we have also made some changes in our team. It's been great working with Kayla Stumble, who has been contributing to our show since conception. Thank you, Kayla. And uh, joining us in studio moving forward is our senior trend analyst, Nicola Cooper, who is the one and only in the country, I would want to say the continent, yes. that specializes in glocalization. Wow, Google, glo- <laughs> Google it if you don't know, glocalization. And she specializes in glo- glocalization within the trends industry. She's definitely got a focus on fashion, lifestyle, and pop culture. Been working in this industry <laughs> longer than some of you were born, 25 years. <laughs> That's of, rude. Yes, no, it's, it's nice. 25 years working um, in the industry through fashion, lifestyle, and ca- subculture. Um, Nicola has also worked with some of the biggest retailers and is still working with some of the big um, lifestyle brands in the country. Nicola, welcome to the show before I go on and on. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's an honor to be a part of your team. Great. So Fashion Lab is the first uh, fashion business radio show to go live on air in the world. And in our lab, we focus on the different aspects and elements of the fashion industry in Africa to provide a platform where we can grow and develop the industry. Um, Morwick uh, is looking very yes. nice in here today with Thank his you. red tie and Thank whatever. You so Could much. you just describe quickly to our audience? Uh, I have on um, both a, p- a paisley purple printed um, jacket with a swirl lapel, which is not um, your ordinary um, lapel, with um, a paisley tie to red with polka dots on it, um, a, a white shirt, tailored and um, white shirt and red shoes. And yes, thank you, Liz. Gosh. Thank you. Anyway, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the Fashion Lab. Um, we definitely have uh, a very interesting lineup and different, diff- interesting conversations coming up. Mormick, do you just want to take us through uh, quickly with um, some of the interesting things we've been discussing and seeing as big topics? Yes, um, yes. In the and, and I see you actually have on this little fur um, jacket. Um, very interesting. Something that I've read on online and um, business of fashion. It's an online. Um, magazine or information type of a thing that you can go on and read about fashion. And I read something very interesting that, um, that said, is there a place for fur in fashion? Because it's such a big, big issue when it comes to this whole fur issue. Because they're saying that, and about 50 million animals are being killed and people are saying people should get over it. And I don't know how do you guys feel. Wait, how many animals are, for everyone who's eating pork or chicken or beef or how many animals honestly are getting killed for just food? If I'm, if you're able to eat rabbit in the nice, beautiful restaurant out there, you know, having some nice rabbit and wine, why are you knocking me off for wearing my rabbit? And I didn't even kill the rabbit anyway. Are you wearing rabbit today? <laughs> yes, I'm wearing rabbits. <laughs> But the interesting thing is, too, that um, a lot of retailers and even luxury um, brands have now gone the fake fur way. Yes. And uh, it's it's pushing sales are pushing up. So, yes. I mean, but with within the fur industry, there's about 117,000 people working. And also, like, it goes further mm. saying there's like a million odd people working within the, in, within the fur industry. So does that mean... Moving into fake fur, a job's being cut because apparently the fur industry is adding a huge amount to um, the global economy, Nicola. Yes, um, it's quite interesting because the faux fur industry is uh, it's starting to get 
the same aesthetic value as as a a real fur with obviously being a little bit more sustainable and eco-friendly um but as a trend analyst um for the past couple of years there's been a, a research of fur um on the runways and often when i i sort of identify that fur is trending people's are sort of aghast and they they say to me like how can you say that and i'm well you know I'm an observer and this is what I'm observing. But we've also seen a resurgence in, um, in what we call vintage fur. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's fur that happened a long time ago before the uh, ideals of sustainability and what, it, what is the situation around actually manufacturing fur. So people are starting to repurpose. Um, so I think that's quite an interesting aspect because they're getting as much sort of attention for wearing fur that was um, manufactured a long time ago as to people who are wearing contemporary fur. <laughs> Sorry, I just got to cut in there because really, first of all, I want to just say if you killed a rabbit 20 years ago or 50 years ago or two years ago, you still killed a rabbit. And please don't blame and knock off people who love fur. The fact that there's a full fur industry that's really thriving means that people still care about what fur actually looks like. Mm. I think of fur, I think of luxury. I want to mm. be in a beautiful faculty and a beautiful pair of heels in the evening just looking nice and feeling chic, you know? So I think that it's surprising when the people who want to be so ethical who are eating all the beef in the shops <laughs> are complaining about which animals got killed for what purpose. I mean, if a rabbit got killed, a rabbit got killed. We are not supporting, I'm not supporting killing animals and, and you know, in, in, in the wrong way. I, I think mm-hmm. that every, everything has to be done ethically, but don't knock me off for wanting to wear a fur coat. I mean, yeah, but you know, there'll always be those activists, especially oh, when yes. it comes to animals. Hello, and paint splashes. Yes, and it's such a wrong thing to be killing these animals. I'm not a person, um, really, that wears fur. Um, but yes, I am in the fashion industry, and it's it's really something interesting to talk about and really to to go deep into. But I think let's not linger too long on this fur thing because I mean, there's a lot of people. <laughs> More? Do you like fur? <laughs> I I I, Just I do. No, like don't fur. be scared. Like they're not fur. gonna they're not gonna beat you. We're here. Uh, do you like it? <laughs> I like fur, but I mean, I don't really own a fur coat. But do you mm. like to see a woman in fur? Yes, yes, definitely. Thank you. Definitely. Four of four or real, soft, the real thing, the real thing. And Nicola, do you? Actually. I have actually never ever worn fur, uh, fur or faux fur, except last uh, a couple of weeks ago at Menswear Week, mm. where I wore faux fur for the first time. But it was from a, an amazing designer, Alberta Swanepoel, and I had a television interview, and I was asked to remove the coat just in case um, mm. some of the the viewers got offended. So it is a very sensitive topic, but I do believe it's an individual choice. Wow. You know what? Let me just go straight into what we're dissecting <laughs> today because this topic is going to get us in trouble, but it's nice to stand for what you love, what you believe in, and as long as you're a person who has respect, you're ethical in your ways of how you 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 deal, I think it's okay to to to, to love far. We got to love it if we love it. I mean, and it anyway. will also be interesting, sorry Liz, just to find out, you know, from our listeners and our audience, what are their thoughts mm-hmm. around this whole firm? Um, situation. Um, please keep your tweets coming. Um, cliffcentral.com also, um, at Fashion Lab, um, AF on Twitter and Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram. Um, on WeChat, you can join us in studio. Just add the Cliff Central, um, the Cliff Central onto, add the Cliff Central 
into the something like that. I'm I'm very confused, but yeah. <laughs> Don't be confused. Today on the show, we are dissecting a subject around clothing production manufacturing in Africa. Joining us in studio are our special guests, fashion designer Kia Betswe Mateke for Congo Bravo. Welcome to the show. Hi. And we are also joined by uh, Shuwaib Francis, owner of Y2K Grading. Uh, and we are joined by Roy Nkube, Johannesburg-based manufacturer. Well done, Liz. And uh, just a quick reminder before we get onto our first guest, um, we have a very interesting segment at the end of the show called Who Would You Want to Dress? And this is where we would love our audience, our listeners, to be able to share with us their who's and their why's. Uh, start thinking about it because the show will be over just on within the hour. So keep your tweets coming at Cliff Central or at Fashion Lab AF. And uh, Shuwaib, are we on the line? Yes. Shuwaib, welcome. Good afternoon, Shuwaib. <laughs> welcome to the show. Yes. Shuwaib, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you guys doing? I'm all good. Thank you okay. so much. How's Cape Town? How's Cape Town today? How's the weather? First thing, it's winter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else to add on to that. <laughs> Joey, welcome onto the show. And as you know, you know, we're dissecting and we're speaking about manufacturing and production within, um, within, um, Africa and also, um, South Africa. Joey, I wanted to ask you, um, the type of brands, um, that you are involved in and the designers that you work with, um, through your manufacturing company, is it more local or international brands? Well, it's like a split of 80, 20. 80 local, 20% international. Okay. 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 Very interesting. And um, would you, do you want to drop some names of who, what brands and, and you know, designers you're working with right now? Okay. We've got a, a, a company from Spain, Malik Collins. And then we, we work with quite a few young designers, YDE designers and Caterpillar, mm. some of the big names, Desiree, the boutiques, and uh, a lot of the design houses that sell to retail, like Uwe's machine, through it. Mm. And then there's uh, quite a few kiddies companies too. We like be- LTD Limited, you know. Shweb, I know that people, um, I feel like a lot of people sometimes undermine the value of grading. And I know that grading is one of your biggest offerings from Y2K. Could you just take us through the services that you offer um, at Y2K? It's, an- it's actually online grading. Um, Long story short, the customers don't have to hand grade patterns anymore. They just bring us a sample, the pattern, we digitize it, grade it, and give them the rating that they require for the garments that they produce, which is actually very interesting because that's where most of the, uh, the money goes to produce. It's much quicker, it's much more efficient, and uh, the turnaround is, 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 is all around quicker for production. So is that your newest tech? Is that the newest technology when it comes to grading? Are you applying um, what's really new when it comes yeah. to yeah. the world? Of- in fact, uh, in fact, compared to the rest of the, of the world, we are on par with everybody Fantastic. because we deal with China, India, Mexico. It's just a global village nowadays. <laughs> very interesting, very interesting. Um, Shoeb, I wanted to just um, um, ask you, when it comes to um, the type of criteria that you use on deciding which designers, you know, do you work with and your... When you look at, because we know when you're running a manufacturing and production, there's minimum and maximum quantities and also like your lead times and all of that. What is your process when it comes to, you know, just choosing who you want to work with and um, how do you start when it comes to your quantities? Okay. We, on the, on the pattern grading and marker making, 
which is what is a core business. We've got an established clientele. Our, our name is out there. Everybody knows us. Yeah. And uh, we get a lot of referrals too. So we don't manufacture as per se. Okay. Our, our core business is to grade and plot the markers to give to the cutters. Okay. That's where we come in. And then we also offer sampling uh, a center. We've got a, in fact, we've got a whole design center here. Offering oh, pattern making design and small runs. Because bigger runs, that goes out to the bigger CNTs. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, but I also appreciate, and I say this because I've definitely worked with um, mm-hmm. Shweb, and the one thing that I appreciate about your space there is that, you know, I can come in for from basic, to from just my concept with my sampling to the grading, to the pattern cutting, to the final production, and literally, like, it feels like a one-stop shop. Yeah. So... Actually, the concept is a one-stop shop. Overseas, they will call it vertical from the top to the bottom. We call it horizontal because you've got one floor. (laughs) Every customer comes in here gets taken through all the processes. Yes. From, like, let's just say now, from a sketch right through to design, to production, to everything. Wow, phenomenal. So it's a one-stop shop, basically. It's very... That we've, that we've created here in Cape Town. Yes. No, we love what you're doing. Um, Shweet, do, do you feel that African brands and designers are maximizing on your services? Do you, or do you see more African brands taking advantage of the African production facilities like yours? Um, unfortunately, I hate to play the race card, but Cape Town seems to be 90% white. This is where our problem is coming in. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the few designers of other color, if I may use the word, it's yeah. about 10% from our business. Wow. Which, I mean, looking forward, I'm thinking of opening up in Joburg because I'm doing all the printing of Joburg with the Korean, the patterns and samples down. And everybody wants me to come and open up there. No, yeah. we welcome you. Please. <laughs> yeah, we no, no, welcome you. Absolutely. one thing up there. And yeah. we're seriously looking of opening up an online grading Joburg. No, that's incredible. I think, um, Shweb, it's something that especially most startup designers need to go to a place where, you know, everything gets done. It's a one-stop shop Mm -hmm. and at least you can sit down with them too and just focus on, because I mean, a lot of them don't even know, like when you come as, as production goes on, you need to have like the spec sheet to work from. And and, I mean, stuff like that, it's very, very, very important imperative to have so you can monitor as your garments are are being made so um yes i'm really looking forward to working with you yeah. and please come to johannesburg and, <laughs> and yeah, no, no, we, we, we are serious on a serious note i am looking at Joburg now mm-hmm. because too many designers once up, us up there uh, an operation like this is very effective you understand what i'm saying yes yeah. and and, and, uh, and there's definitely a space for you in Joburg. you know look there's a few designers i need to come up and just see what the, the, the setup but a few of them want us up there already a lot of uh low wait till i introduce you to my circle <laughs> yes, oh, <okay>. and mine. <laughs> you'll probably be setting up three different setups in johannesburg you will be oh, extremely the minute, busy the Introduce me to your network. I'll be on that plane yesterday. <laughs> You'll have a lot of work and a lot of orders waiting for you. And I, I find it quite interesting, Shave, that because Liz and I was discussing him um, last night and she told me 
like, you know, you run, like, for example, 20 jackets, 50 jackets, you know, nice and small little quantities assisting. Because when you look at bigger production houses and manufacturers, you know, there's, they'll tell you we're only running about 500. So if you don't have an order of 500, please don't come to us. And then you wonder where you're taking the 500 the 420 because all you needed was 80 or exactly. even 80. Look at this. Yes. It's a Chinese syndrome. Yes. Yes. You go to China for 500 checkers, they'll send you to Vietnam or India. Yes. The Chinese would never do 500. So they have 20,000. No, exactly. we, yes, but we appreciate the fact that you definitely care about the local brands. You care about build, helping them build. Otherwise, you yeah. just say no and say, look, 500 or nothing. So, yeah, yeah so we appreciate you. We, uh, we thank you for also taking time, um, to just join in with us today, um, at the Fashion Lab. And Shuweb, just before you get off, um, how can our audience or listeners contact you or re- get a hold of you? Would you want to yeah, share? We, yeah, well, we, we are actually in the process of redoing our website now. And but they can Google um, online grading dot Online grading dot Yeah. Are you on Twitter, Facebook, Insta? Uh, we are busy. I've got somebody sorting that out now. Okay. All right. We, we'll we'll need to sort it out so we can share it next week. Please. No, no, definitely. I mean, that should happen in the next week or two. Okay. Because they're busy, 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 the building, uh, busy building the website now as you speak. Very good, Chip. I'll be, I'll be your first client, really. Really. I even said to Liz, I need to go down to Hoodstock to meet you guys. So you look, saying look, that you're me, coming. Let me tell you, let me yeah. tell you something. Hoodstock is where it's happening. That's, that's oh, it. Oh, that's, that's it. That's it. That's it. Is. That's it. Yeah. it is. I think that's a brand we should be pushing. Yeah. Because it's like the, they come like the design capital here in Cape Town. All the, all the creators are all in Hoodstock now. Yes. Yes, but it's, it's, it's true. Design, whether it's whatever, you'll find it here. It's a very interesting community. And an interesting place to be in at this point in time. Very nice. We're very happy about what you're doing. Keep doing what you do because you make us look good and you make us be able to develop this African fashion industry that is on fire. So thank well, you. Thanks. Thank and, you. And, uh, let me end this by saying that's priceless. You can't buy that. Definitely. <laughs> you can't buy that. You know, you, know you, can, you can make money, but if people appreciate what you're doing, yeah. you, yes. can't, you cannot buy that yes. because it's a concept that you've started. And people buy into it. The thing is, it's not about the money. Very true. Mm. You know, if you leave a legacy, it's not about the money. Yes, sir. It's about the idea implementing it and teaching people. Very that true. That is a legacy. Thank you. Very true. Thank you. That Thank is you. very profound. Thank you so much for joining us, Shuweib. We will be in touch, definitely. We are looking forward to seeing you in Johannesburg. Okay, and thank have, you for having and, me on the show. And I have a lovely Grey Cape Town day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Goodbye, Shuweib. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Wow, that was Shuweb uh, Francis from Y2K Grading in Cape mm. Town. And uh, as we continue to dissect this um, interesting topic around production and manufacturing in the continent, we've got an amazing, amazing um, fashion designer, Kia, sitting here with us for Congo Bravo. Kia, welcome to the show. Hi. Welcome, you look, you Kia. You look fabulous. Thank you. Are, are you wearing you? Is that you? Yes, I <laughs> It's lovely. <laughs> I am wearing myself. Morik, would you like to describe what she was wearing? Because our listeners obviously don't know what we are. You're very good at it, so you, you do it. What we are seeing. <laughs> she has, gosh, I mean, the jacket that she has on, it's actually a blazer. And the fabric here, just tell me what fabric do you have it's on? A, it's a check. It's, it's like a, a thin it's a check. Tartan, a, sli- a, a tartan. tartan. Yes, a tartan. Um, um, very masculine. It has um, the, the lapels, um, your n- normal notch um, lapels, gentleman 
and lapels, and she's even rocking a pocket square, well, which she lost. Which she <laughs> lost. But it is a very feminine um, blazer that she has on. Beautiful, very nice, very mm. nice. Beautiful. Welcome to the show, Kia. Thank you very much. So, Kia, tell us, um, with a premium luxury menswear label and fashion house that specializes in made-to-measure mm. bespoke services. Mm-hmm. What you know? What can you share with us a bit about the Congo Bravo brand, and you know, and how is business treating you in South Africa? Okay, Congo Bravo is a luxury menswear brand that right now specializes in bespoke tailoring and made-to-measure. Um, we refer to our bespoke uh, tailoring as private tailoring, since the bespoke term has been used so loosely lately. <laughs> Um, so when our clients come through, we want to actually define the difference between what they find mainstream bespoke mm-hmm. and um, what the real art and the the the, the, the art and the tradition of tra- of tailoring is about. Um, with regards to business, I mean, I think lately, in, I mean, in, in SA generally, I think men are becoming more aware. Of um, grooming, yes. they're <laughs> becoming more fashionable. <laughs> you know, they are becoming very Fashion, aware of yeah. their look and how they want to present themselves. They don't always get it right, but I like the <laughs> fact that they are. There's, there's an attempt. Um, you see a lot of men now coming in, and I think um, with social network and the internet, people are now very have their finger on the pulse in terms of what's happening globally with regards to trends, with regards to tailoring, and you know, f- just in terms of men's fashion. So you find that men are becoming more distinguished in what they prefer. Um, I think locally in terms of men's fashion, uh, men are still experimenting, trying to find themselves because I think ultimately style is quite innate. So I think you're finding that people are coming and experimenting a bit more with their looks. Mm-hmm. I, I think except, that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is so true. Um, you know, having um, doing bespoke and mm. um, tailor measured um, clothing. Um, do you do do you do production in house or do you source out to mm-hmm. a CMT? Um, where where does for those that don't understand CMT? Um, it's the place where designers and people go and you get your clothing made in bulk and it's manufacturing in bulk. It stands for cut, make and and trim. trim, Yes. Um, so do you do all your garments in house? Do you have, do you have a whole little team that you work with or? We do everything in house. Um, I, look, I think in terms of making sure that the quality that I want and the product is coming out at the level, at the level that Mm -hmm. I'd like it to be at, um, it's better to control. And, um, with the, with the, with the, Method of tailoring that I use, which is the Savile Road technique. Mm. Oh wow! Um, not a lot of people actually do no, have that skill. No, yes. so no. So you find that um, it's very hard to actually find someone that's able to. So you like even with the people I bring in to do the work, uh, there's a lot of training that's involved. That's an um, Italian skill. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a, there's a skill. there's a lot of skill that needs to be imparted and training that needs to be involved. Um, with getting just a, like a basic product out. Yeah, yeah I think a lot of people um, don't understand mm. the quality of tailors mm. we actually have in South yeah. Africa. Yeah. And they're very underestimated mm-hmm. when it comes to um, manufacturing that we True. actually have high quality we tailors. Do. We do. And I think a lot of them, I think, especially if you look in Joburg, yes. we've got, if you go down to Fordsburg, yes. there's a whole school and it's really kind of, it's unfortunate that not a lot, lot, lot of people know about it because I think you also find um, 
somewhat of an import of skill where yes. a lot of um, the like a lot of uh, maybe na- foreign nationals yes. yeah. are the ones that have the skill. Very you know, true. You find a lot of your Pakistani and your Malawian mm. guys that yeah. do a lot of the tailoring downtown. Yeah. But you also find an old school of people who actually know the work, who have done it, who did suits for our fathers. Yes. And, you know, and you still find those little quaint shops if you go downtown where um, like that are still that have been around for years, you know, and they have that quality. They, they really are about the quality. So we really shouldn't undermine the, the technique. And I think a lot of people now are becoming very interested in like um, reviving it. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. We're seeing well, a great rise mm. in menswear. Mm. Wow! So take us through this. Um, you say you say you'd rather call it the private tailoring. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So can you take us through your private tailoring off? I mean, um, design process from okay. the time you know the people come in. Obviously, yeah. you've got swatches. Mm. Take us a bit. So basically, the client would come in. Um, we do a consultation. Um, uh, I noticed that in SA, a lot of men have a specific style they focus on. Everyone comes in and wants a slim cut. And <laughs> even when I know, even when they don't, you know. And I keep saying that a slim, slim cut is not necessarily for everyone. It's not. That's a look that really was that came about with your Swedish brands, your Tiger mm. Sweden, yes. because it really was a look that suited their their physiques, the tall, athletic type physique, like most physiques. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Like most for those South African men. <laughs> so a lot of, I mean, the South African man has. You know, uh, they're not always athletic. You have different varieties of bodies. So you can't, not, the, the slim cut won't suit everyone. But when you come in, we will consult. And I always tell clients that if you get a, a good tailor, mm. um, you can get a slim fitting yeah. silhouette. You can, you can find a silhouette that's slimming as opposed to a slim cut. <laughs> so, um, we get our clients, we will, we'll, um, we'll advise them on the cuts that, we'll advise them on cuts. And what would best suit them? Sorry about that. We'll advise them on cuts and what would best suit them. And um, they also give us ideas of what they prefer in terms of style they've seen, what they'd like to, what they'd like in their suit, maybe pocket styles, um, double breast, single breast, um, the type of lining they'd like. And um, from there, we then I go through the process of the bespoke or private measured uh, private tailoring um, process and when I talk about the saddle row technique it's really the, and the, like Mo said the, the Italian technique that's where I explain the, the construction of the suit because yes. you find two methods of making a suit yes one is with the hanging method, which is used in Italy and the UK in predominantly Savile Row. Yes. Um, and that's the hanging technique. Girl, hang- you know your homework. You know your <laughs> stuff. You know your and stuff. That's the hanging canvas method where we use uh, pure fabrics and natural fabrics uh, to make, to construct the entire suit. So there's no glue involved. There's no bonding of fabrics to other fabrics. No. It's hanging and it's softer to the feel. The suit will last much longer. And, and that's why I call it an investment piece it is. because this is something that can last forever you can even pass it down to your wardrobe to your son just like our fathers did yeah. with with the sons and passed on suits um so it's really that process that i have to explain the method of making it the hanging canvas and the technique that's involved because not a lot of people understand especially when it comes to pricing why the, the pricing and you have to always explain there's a lot of labor involved it takes time yeah. and it's not a chop shop it's not yeah. one of those bangkok techniques where you go in in 24 hours you've got a suit <laughs> Um, and it's sad when we speak about the pricing because mm. really people are. I don't know why. Why are we still having to explain? Yes, it, it's, it's, it's not fair. Yeah, I think there's a certain mindset where people tend to, like uh, uh, Nicola had said, we tend to undermine the the local 
techniques, the techniques that are actually available and the skills that are, that yes. are available. So a lot of people would, I've had people come in and brag about a suit from Italy when you mm. can see it's a badly cut suit. Yes. You're not even sure. It's just because it's got an Italian name on it. They just presume that it's quality. So I think a lot of people still have that school of thought yeah. where they presume foreign, like international is best or import is best. But, um, when it comes to tailoring, I always suggest a client to have a tailor Within their city, yeah. around the, where they stay, it's close by because that, as a man, that is your best friend. That will be someone that Very really will true. make you look good. Very and true. Even as a woman, mm. I, I just recently had, I'm actually wearing it today. I was looking at it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's a, a bespoke suit yeah. made to measure mm. um, by, by a design house called Augustine. And yeah. the process of going into the room mm-hmm. and being measured and it's quite an intimate process. It's an experience. And yeah. and I think people are actually enjoying the the experiential aspect as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. of going in and having something perfectly made, made just yeah. for you. For you. Yeah. And I mean I literally have the longest monkey arms. <laughs> so most jackets <laughs> sort of sit up by my elbow. Yeah. And um, yeah. and it was so lovely to have, you know, something really fitted mm. for me and it it does something for your posture. It, true. You, you know, you change how you walk. True. And true. and you are taken far more seriously. Yeah. I find it so That's peculiar true. that I'm sitting in the studio with females who are so <laughs> I'm 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 the only guy in studio I'm like wow <laughs> they know so much and it is really an experience. Yeah. And Kabeta, you know, you being a female mm-hmm. in the whole men's mm. industry, mm. you know, where does this love come from? Because I'm sitting and I'm looking at you and that is actually it's a man's cut, but it yeah. still looks good on you. Yeah, yeah. Uh I've I studied fashion and I've always been in, since studying I've always been interested In tailoring It's just unfortunate That the education system I think Anywhere you go In the world really yeah. mm. It's very difficult For them to focus They don't really focus On tailoring It's, yeah. a, re, it's a brief subject They focus on In one semester yeah. And it's done um, So I've always been interested And I've kind of Went into other areas of fashion But then I started Kind of looking into different Like into tailors Trying to find tailors locally uh, Trying to find tailors in um, In the UK Who could Impart on this, on the skill, because you really do need someone that will put you under their wings and train you in the process of making a suit in the right way, like especially with the, the, the hanging canvas technique, because mm. it's not something that you'll easily find in a book or in a syllabus. Yeah, so, very true. yeah, so you, true. I, I really did kind of pursue the learning the skill because it's something I really was interested in. And, I mean, being a woman in the industry, I think there are quite a few. I, mean, I know the Augustine ladies also, um, we really are a few in the industry yeah. just focusing in, in men's wear. And it's very difficult because I think because of it's, it becomes such an intimate process. It's almost like having a doctor. Mm. It's your style doctor, basically, Absolutely. because you're also working with, with the physical nature, the physical, uh, stature Str- of the yeah, man. Structure. And, and, you know, sometimes you have to exaggerate certain silhouettes. You have to work around certain cuts instead of making a straightforward cut. And that's why it's so important. Like you, you go in, you, you measure places that no man should <laughs> know. Nobody needs to be but going into. Um, where wow. do you see Congo Bravo going? Um, are you taking it into, is, do you have plans to take it on to, into the rest of Africa? Or are you keeping it local? I'd really love to go into the rest of Africa. I mean, when I look on, on, in the continent as a whole, there are a lot of tailors coming up. I mean, I've, I know of a few, I've seen a few 
retailers coming in from East Africa and West Africa that are just as serious about the craft. And um, I would like to take it into the continent. Mm-hmm. I'd like to expand in on my ready-to-wear line and the accessories line and just to get a product that easily that moves quicker and getting the product out to more people than than as opposed to just the people in my area. And, and can you know. we please have more women's suits? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm, yeah. you know, I've had a lot of queries about that yes. because initially, you know, I've always thought like just focusing on men because mm-hmm. men are very particular about, you know, just a, a little boy's club of their own. But, um, yeah. Oh, we want to bash yeah. that. Definitely looking, into that. <laughs> Definitely looking into that. For those of you who are tuning in, this is the Fashion Lab on Cliff Central. And, uh, obviously we're discussing the topic around cl- clothing, uh, production and manufacturing in Africa. We've had some really cool guests. We had, we've had Shweb, uh, Francis from Y2K. We've got Kia here from Congo Bravo. And we will be moving on along. Um, we are now coming up to our senior trend analyst, Nic- Nicola Cooper, who will be coming in with a trend report. So keep it locked because uh, everything I read in, 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 in the area. We can just go straight into <laughs> the trend report. Okay. Okay. So Welcome, Nicola. Welcome. Thank you so much. Um, Kia, it was amazing um, hearing your talk because mine, my trend um, report this week is about the rise of menswear and specifically menswear week. Mm-hmm. Um, London uh, um, already had London um, Men, which is a menswear week dedicated yeah. to just menswear. And New York has just, just on the 13th of July, mm-hmm. launched their own yeah. menswear week. And yeah. there's been quite a lot of controversy around it because everyone's sort of going, why um, do we need a menswear week? Although, we look at South Africa and we've also just li- mm. literally had SA Menswear Week. And I think it's mainly due to the rise of menswear and the popularity of menswear, um, which inevitably um, has grown 18% mm. in the past five years. Globally, yeah. And globally, it's worth... 12.9 billion pounds mm. in wow. just in mm. menswear. Um, so I do think it's a very important aspect that we're focusing on and the different kinds of, of, um, sort of manufacturing of menswear because not everyone can afford yeah. a bespoke yeah. suit. Very true. Um, mm. but they want that kind of trend and they want that kind of look. It's, um, Robert Johnson, GQ's associative editor in London actually said, it's bizarre that men's market has been seen as such a poor relation to the women's. Mm. It's just a correction. It's quite interesting because then we're looking at it like being a, an, a, Adjustment that mm-hmm. men are now becoming equal to yeah, women yeah. and as equally pressurized to look good. Yeah. Um, and just going into the global perspective, um, our market, um, just in apparel has grown to um, $15.6 billion worth mm. wow. in, in South Africa and it is about to swell by $6 billion more. Mm. Um, and the ready to wear designer slice of this market will grow during the same period up to uh, 400 million this year and 600 million in 2018. So, you know, a lot of people have been underestimating the, the value of fashion Mm. in South Africa Mm. and specifically menswear. Whereas we know that, um, you know, we are growing and, and it's so good to see local manufacturers, um, actually starting to understand their worth within the yeah. industry. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it's, 
so I'm going to go into a little bit of like what what is the differentiation between off the rack yeah. um, into bespoke and into couture. So off the rack obviously means you go into your local store, there the suit is available in in standard sizes and they are made from form patterns and and even and they're made in high volume. Yeah. So obviously it's it's you know it's never going to fit you correctly or to your body point but fashion houses houses like uh, Saint Laurent, uh, Chanel and Dior offer you know off the rack then you've got really what is ready to wear which is an industrial mass pro- production on a mass pattern wow. so these are, are what's going to to be in your retail stores and you can go and purchase it the made to measure clothing is based on a pattern so it's an existing pattern but then with variations to your particular consumer um so it's tailored to your measurements but it's really an existing pattern block um Bespoke and 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 we we've, we've heard bespoke till it's it's really coming out of our ears, but it is a Western term which is actually it was it actually comes from Savile Row, yeah. and the idea is it's a pattern that's made specifically for you. Um, and as Kia was saying, she's wearing a men's jacket. I made sure that when I I went to get my suit made, I wanted. A suit that looked like a man's suit. So, you know, they, they made the pattern up for me and, um, these are really, um, reserved for high end men's tailoring. Um, and, and, but also filters through to like Michael Kors and Topshop and Stella McCartney. But then we also get the term and I, I was sort of caught out on social media because I said that, um, my garment was handmade. Yeah. And of course, handmade generally is associated mm. with haute couture. Yeah. Now there's a lot of people that don't understand mm. what haute couture means, but actually haute couture is ac- only associated with Parisian designers yeah. or a hundred percent handmade. Yeah. So either you're making it a hundred percent handmade, mm. or it's made in Paris, and and that is design made to order for private clients. They have a an atelier, which is a workshop in Paris, that must mm. employ at least fifteen yeah. staff. They must have twenty full time. I mean, there's a list that goes, that goes on. on. Yes. So when you go out, and you and this applies to fashion in general. If there's anyone saying hot couture, <laughs> I would say so be careful. Yes. Um, so made to measure and bespoke are the Western assimilations yeah. of hot couture. Yeah. Okay, yeah. unless the couture is 100% handmade, which I'm sure many of these mm-hmm. bridal salons are not. And the term is being thrown around as bespoke yeah. is Quite loosely So my bespoke suit is 50% handmade yeah. And 50% yeah. um, machine Machinery. made So that that kind of level of understanding Needs to come about specifically For those who are purchasing dresses um, and, and don't know what the term actually means mm. So I hope you guys found that a little bit interesting Very interesting, <laughs> Very interesting. And you Very know, interesting. and like you said It's so important for also And I think just for designers as well Is it's nice to do your homework So that True. when you um, 
push yourself out as a designer and you say that you specialize in haute couture, yes. you need to understand that. And you've really thrown some basic rules, but there's still yeah. Google. Google is a very good platform where people can actually get That's information. True. Like instead of taking so much time with yourself is trying to post them up yeah. all day long, yeah. why don't you also spend time understanding what you actually say yeah. you are as a brand and yeah. change your words? Take yourself seriously. It does, yeah, it doesn't mean that if you're not haute couture, you're not a good designer. Mm-hmm. It just means that it's nice to be able to also push yourself as what you know yeah. yes. you actually yeah. are offering. Yeah. But, uh, but I think too for consumers as well, you know, because yes. people come in and then they expect um, market prices or whole yeah. prices, which is crazy. <sighs> and you say to them, um, for example, your pizza starts at 5,000 and you actually explain the whole process yeah. and people will still be like, that is too much. Yeah. But it's if about you look understanding. at it comparatively yes. to, mm. to a, a branded store, um, it's not bad pricing for something that is made yeah. to, to fit for your you. body. It's made for you. I mean, you look at the detailing in the suits, mm-hmm. and and it's you know it, it's special. Very true. Very true. Wow, so much more to learn about every day we get sitting here, and I hope that our listeners are uh, you know also learning and acquiring some more knowledge around this interesting um, fashion industry. We have Roy on uh, on standby. Roy, are you, are we, is Roy here? Yes, I'm there. Good Ro- afternoon, Roy. How are you doing, <laughs> sir? Good, good, good. <laughs> we are good, thank you, Roy. We are good, thank you, guys. Yeah. This is Roy Nkube, Johannesburg-based manufacturer, joining us on the show. And uh, Thank we- you so much for, for being on the show, Roy. Yes, it's my pleasure. Roy, as a manufacturer in Johannesburg, um, would you get more South African brands working with you for production, or is it a mix, um, African international? Who are you working with most of the time? Uh, it's African international. Mm. Oh, very interesting. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Do you want to share some or drop some names of some of the brands you're working with? Uh, we do quite a lot of different companies. Uh, corporate, school, we do also uh, sports as well. Okay, and, and, and are you doing that for the local, for the South African market? Do you have a few other um, co- countries within the continent? Or, is, you know, do you have some names of brands that you're working with that you might want to drop just for our listeners to... We, we do also for locals as well and export as well. Okay, great yeah, stuff. But great. In, in Africa though. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. And um, in a month, averagely, what capacity are you able to handle in your factory? The capacity? Yes, yeah, so, and what are your minimum quantities? Um, well, it depends on the item. For example, this uh, golf set. Um, in a month, we can produce up to between ten and fifteen thousand of golf set. But uh, if it's something that is complicated, then you can maybe produce plus minus five thousand or something else. You know. So you're basically saying like more like, because you obviously say you do a lot of uniforms and stuff like that, staff yes. uniforms and things. So those are what you would do in higher quantities. And then when you're working with designers and smaller brands, then obviously I'm assuming yes. you would go lower. And what what are your minimum quantities for the smaller brands? Uh, our minimum quantities is 50 units per item. Fantastic. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. different sizes though. Fantastic. So you do yes. grading as well then? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so um, Roy, where can our audience connect with you for um, you know, any designer or anyone that's within the fashion industry and they're looking for a manufacturer to work with because you are based in Johannesburg? How can um, people get hold of you? Okay, we have uh, our office line. Yes. Uh, our, well, can I give you our physical address to start with? Uh, yes, I, I think yes. yeah, and 
Yeah, and, and then also obviously a website or Facebook or Twitter. Yes, yes, yeah. We have our offices. Our offices at number fifteen, Helpet Road, H U L P E R T, third floor, Genop House, G E N O P. That's it. New Center. Oh. Yes. And can you give us your landline? So our office line is zero one one four nine three. Zero two three one. Thank you so much, Roy. Our text is zero one one four nine three zero two three four, and our email address is indunaclothing at telecomsa.net. Wow, you all had it all. That is Roy, um, who's joining us here, uh, running a fa- manufacturing plant in Johannesburg. Yes. For those of you who are looking to service your needs in the fashion industry. Please, I hope that you took his information, or you can always go back onto the podcasts and uh, listen. Thank you very much, Roy, thank for joining you, us. Have a lovely you. day. Okay, thanks. And also to add on to that, yeah. Uh, well, we have a website as well. Okay, and what? Yeah, our yeah, website and, is www. Okay, thank you very much, Roy. So we obviously we look forward to um, talking to you again soon, and uh, thank you for being able to also support uh, the local brands and designers who are also looking to produce locally. Thank you very thank much. You, Roy. Have a Have lovely a good day. Thank you, Roy. All right, guys, that was Roy, and uh, it's very nice to see people really holding it down um, in the continent and still running these plants so that we can be able to find a way to produce locally. Mm-hmm. And now I think we're going to go straight to our, we're about to go to a fun little segment, our last segment. But before we do that, um, Kia, could you just share with our listeners where they can contact you, how they can find you, how how they can connect with you? Okay. They can contact me on uh, my email address, info at Congo with a K dash bravo dot com. Um, Instagram, Congo Bravo, Twitter, Congo Bravo. We're still working on our website. So that will be up very soon. Um, but in the meantime, they can catch me on, they can get me on those lines. My telephone number, the business line is, um, 072-378-4089. Wow. Thank you. You had it all. So yeah. just before we wrap up, breathe in everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Out. <laughs> Cause this is our last segment. It's called Who Would You Want to Dress? And we're going to start from either Kia, if Kia is ready. Uh, you're gonna just tell us quickly who would you would want to dress and why, and we'll just take it round. Okay, um, I'm looking at okay, being a menswear designer, I would like to get my hands on a couple of our politicians. Mm. <laughs> um, but just give us the one main one. Who I think our head in charge, pres- Mr. President Zuma. <laughs> Um, I think as a representative of the country and as somebody that makes public appearances all the time, he needs someone that can make a suit that will fit him and that will kind of flatter his uh, physique. physique. Yeah, um, Not everyone needs to be wearing, just because you've got certain bigger areas, you don't need to be kind of wearing a suit that's two sizes too big and, you know, Very trying true. to cover things up. Box so suits is long time out. Box suits are not <laughs> the future I at don't all. know. When Go I on. see box suits, I'm I think like, 80s. Wrong, Dallas. wrong, 60s. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from box suits. <laughs> Nicola, who would you want to dress? I'm on a kind of a mission to suit up powerful women and mm-hmm. and so I'd like to actually suit up one of my my girlfriends uh Jenna Dover who is a model actress mm-hmm. and lawyer. 
Mm. And I would love to see her in a power suit because mm. I think she's representative of like how power. women are today, yeah. that we are so multifaceted. We can be beautifully stunning and intellectual at the same time. Mm. Wow. Very interesting. Who I want to address this week is um, I've been seeing quite a f- I've been seeing them on TV and it's the SA rugby team. I've seen they've <laughs> gone through a lot of new uniform and but when it's time for their formal I'm like yeah. no stop. And I think getting them into a nice, you know, um tailored or fitted suit because yes, I mean they 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 built I think also a lot of times bigger people mm. think they cannot go into yeah. Yeah. but I think my aim is if there's anyone listening as a rugby team, <laughs> Mo, your guy, I'm there. Please contact me, and so I can fix up your team for you. Okay, I was gonna say, don't send them your landline number, but it's <laughs> no, but it's cool. It's cool. I think for me, based on today's interesting topic, I want to just branch a bit differently, and I want to address all the far lovers, women far lovers, mm. because far is not. You cannot slap us with a fine and want to kill us. I mean, like I know that in New York, once I almost got beat down just. For wearing my far coat. So mm. any women lovers of far, I want to dress you. Mm. Because I think that far is luxury. I think it's beautiful. Whether it's for or whether it's real, yeah. give me give me give me a chance. But why, why do you like you. dressing more? Is it real fur or the fur the fur? Um the for me I like real fur, but because of where things are going to and not wanting to be stoned, you have to be clever <laughs> yeah. to also have in your collection faux far as mm. well. And I've seen that, you know, like I actually have faux far in my winter stuff now that I'm selling. And faux far is not bad if you yeah. get it right. You just have to with look for you have to look for yes, it. because there is cheap faux far oh, yeah. like, mm. <laughs> and then it's then then yeah. horrible. Faux Ooh, but another thing horrible. the faux fur I think has really done strides that they've done strides in making yes. it really yes. look yes. good. Yes. And now you can actually play around with it and achieve a look that looks very real. I think you mm. have yeah. to target the ones that are wearing the nasty fur. <laughs> yeah. Those are the ones <laughs> that matted fur. <laughs> take it off. Let's let's take that as a let's commit to that. As a team, but guys, I mean, it's been amazing having you all on the show. Yeah. Um, for our listeners who are listening, um, to continue catching up, ca- catching up with us, you can log on to www.fashionlabafrica. That's where we hold it down, and uh, tweets open Fashion Lab AF. Insta us. We didn't see what you wanna, who you wanna dress. So please send the instas. Keep them coming. Keep the mm. tweets coming um, at Cliff Central as well. It's been amazing having you guys. Parting shots for our listeners today. Any parting shots? My parting shots is, again, to keep focus. And I want to continue with this keep focus thing because I think a lot of people, um, they lose their focus on what it is they want to achieve. Mm. But when you really keep focused and Mm. you know exactly what it is that you are working towards, you will definitely achieve your goal. There's nothing in life that is impossible. It just takes hard work and determination. So keep focused, everyone. I just want to say keep it local for all of you brands and designers out there and even retail um, stores. Um, Start trusting that there is, we have already identified the creativity is there. No question. Mm. And we've identified that there's still CMTs or manufacturing or production facilities that are still open and been running for years and producing some really good stuff. Mm. So keep it local so we can win and we can develop the African fashion industry because this is Mm. where we be. This is where we are from. And uh, peace and love. I mean, until next time. Thank you. Ciao, ciao, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cliffcentral.com.